Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. Time for School, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. I think that may very well be the first time and it may be the last time that yodeling is played on the Rock School radio show. It will be the last. Oh, you don't think so? No. Why, are you going to yodel? Class is in. Rock School Radio Show on the Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns. You are? I am Tammy Burns. Happy gosh darn new year. Finally, huh? There may old acquaintance be forgot. No idea what that even means. Means you don't want to hang out with them. There. See, now the song makes perfect sense. Now I can move forward with my existence. This show and the next show are going to be what I call, actually what Beth West, who used to sit in your chair, what uh, what she called the cocktail party shows, because we all still dress up like madmen and go out and do cocktail parties. It is the concept of this being a brand new year, 2016. If you go back 10 years, you are at 2006. If you go back 20 years, you're at 1996 and blah, 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 blah. Which means I'm going to talk about 10-year anniversaries all the way back. So we're going to go all the way back to 1946. That takes us back 70 years. Wow. And then I'll move up 10 and move up 10 and move up 10. And over the course of these two shows... You'll hear all kinds of anniversaries, so while this year is going forward, you as a music aficionado and a listener of this podcast and this radio show will be able to go, I knew that, I knew that, I knew that. So we move forward with this. Let's go back to 1946. Let's go. All right, before the age of indoor plumbing, I think. Nice pants, by the way. 70 years ago, suspenders. In August of that year, singer Doris Day leaves Les Brown and his band of renown and goes on to a solo career. On September 11th of that year, the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra holds its first rehearsal. You expected that they just existed forever, didn't you? I know. Very first, huh? Al Jolson uh, records his old hits for the soundtrack of his Columbia biopic, The Jolson Story. B.B. King, 70 years ago in 1946, begins working as a professional musician in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. There you go. Chet Atkins makes his first appearance at the Grand Old Opry. Wow. In 1946. And here's the one we're going to play. And this will wrap up 1946. There just isn't that much going on in terms of rock and roll. Bill Haley. Recognize the name? Sure. Bill Haley and the Comets. Exactly. But he wasn't Bill Haley in the Comets. He begins a professional music career as a member of the Down Homers. He did not play on any of their recordings. However, there's apparently some bootleg recording of him playing with them during a 1946 radio show. I looked for it. I cannot find it. Uh Uh-oh. If it's out there, you're a better Google user than I am. He would leave them and start a yodeling career... And if you wait, I'm not kidding. What? 
This is why whenever I hear about him, and I've said this on the show before, him uh, going over to Germany and German kids riding, and I've made the statement that he's some overweight country crooner. This is the reason he started as Silver Yodeling Bill Haley. (laughs) He was also part of a band called Bill Haley's Saddlemen. The Saddlemen would become the Comets in 1952. Would you like to hear Silver Yodeling Bill Haley? Can I get a degree in yodeling? You certainly can. He also ran and programmed radio stations, but it's the music that we're interested in. This is called Yodel Your Blues Away from 1949. It's three minutes of Bill Haley, as in Rock Around the Clock. Bliss. As a professional yodeler. Not kidding. It was 49 when he hit the music scene. And it sounds like this. Know your history on Rock School. I think that may very well be the first time and it may be the last time that yodeling is played on the Rock School radio show. It will be the last. Oh, you don't think so? No. Why, are you going to yodel? No, because you'll have to go back to that truck again and pull out the yodeling tape. (laughs) You think so? Oh, yeah. All right. Let's move up 10 years. 10 years into the future, we're now at 1956. We are where rock and roll is now starting to become more and more prevalent. We're going to play a song right off the bat. On January 10th, Elvis Presley enters the studio. His contract has been sold. He's no longer with Sun Studios. He records Heartbreak Hotel. Is this where I scream? It could be if you're one of the Bobby Soxers. Everybody else did, didn't they? You could also yodel. So when you see it, when and it's going to happen quick, Mm -hmm. when the year starts, in fact, you may have seen it already, the news people are going to come on. You know, it's been 60 years since Elvis recorded Heartbreak Hotel. Yeah, I told you that already. You know this already, Yeah, you knew it already. Come on. Here you go. It's Elvis on Rock School. Well, since my baby left me, well, I found a new place to dwell. Elvis Presley, Heartbreak Hotel. It's at the end of Lonely Street. It's yeah. I wouldn't drive down Lonely Street if you go into a hotel. You know. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Maybe can you can you get a concierge at, at Lonely Street at Heartbreak Hotel? I don't know, but these people out here don't need to listen to everything you say, right? <laughs> no, probably not. Back in 1956, a 60 year anniversary of this year, 2016, January 23rd, James Brown comes into the public knowledge because he and the famous flames are signed 
signed to the federal label by Ralph Bass. So there you go. James Brown is here. Yep. January 27th, Elvis Presley's single, which he recorded, Heartbreak Hotel, backed with I Was The One, is released. It's going to go on to be his first number one hit. January 30th, Elvis records Blue Suede Shoes. Now, this is going to come into play again, Blue Suede Shoes. However, on March 10th, now remember, Elvis Prescott did a lot of re-recording of songs. Yes. Blue Suede Shoes was not Elvis's song. Right. It was actually a song by, can you do it? Uh, Carl Perkins. Correct, Carl Perkins. On March 10th, Carl Perkins' version of Blue Suede Shoes enters the R&B charts. This is the first time a country music artist makes it onto the R&B charts. Okay, so what? There is a belief system, and I kind of share in this belief system, that Elvis Presley wasn't supposed to be the king of rock and roll. Who was? Carl Perkins was supposed to be the king of rock and roll. He was supposed to be Elvis Presley. Okay, what happened? Well, on March 22nd, Carl Perkins is injured very badly in a car accident near Wilmington, Delaware. He's on his way to New York City to make an appearance on the Ed Sullivan Show. He's hurt so badly that he spends six months wow. in the hospital. The car's driven by his manager, Dick Stewart. It overturns after hitting a pickup truck. He's going to spend, he, Carl Perkins, is going to spend most of his hospital stay in Memphis, Tennessee. There's that there's that line in American Pie, while the king was looking down, the jester stole his mighty mm-hmm. crown. Uh, that's talking about the concept of Bob Dylan taking away it. But that line fits so well with right. this because Carl Perkins was a trajectory to the top. And then this happens. Here is Carl Perkins' version of Blue Suede Shoes. Well, it's one for the money, two for the show. Free to get ready now, go boy, go, but don't you step on my blue suede shoes. You can do anything, you can do anything, but lay off of my blue suede shoes. Okay, in order to get to the next thing I want to talk to you about, I got a whole bunch we to We got to go yeah, through something to, to get list there. for you. Okay. okay. Remember, we're in 1956. That is the 60th anniversary of this year. So everything I'm telling you, this is the 60th anniversary. March 26th, Colonel Tom Parker officially becomes Elvis Presley's manager. Okay. You're probably going to see that on the news. Yep. April 6th of 1956, the iconic Capitol Record Building opens. That's the one that looks like a bunch of stacked up 45s. Yeah, I like right? that one. Mm-hmm. April 7th, Alan Freed's Rock and Roll Dance Party. The yeah. first national radio show dedicated to rock and roll airs for the first time. So, that camping. Uh, May 2nd, for the first time in Billboard magazine history, five singles appear in both the pop and the R&B Top 10 Charts, they are crossovers. This is the concept of the crossover coming into being. They are Heartbreak Hotel, Blue Suede Shoes, Carl Perkins, Little Richard's Long Tall Sally, The Platter's Magic Touch, and Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers, Why Do Fools Fall in Love? And they were crossing over... From the pop to the R&B. Okay. So all of a sudden, now there was no split between Caucasian and African American. They were listening to the same music. Rock and roll was bringing the music together. Don't get me started on 
what how rock and roll is a conglomeration of multiple musics or I will waste the entire hour. July 9th, Dick Clark hosts American Bandstand for the first time in 1956. That's going to come up on the news. In the summer, we don't know exactly the date, but in the summer of 56, this guy named John Lennon forms a skiffle group called the Quarry Men. You might know the <laughs> band it creates. Beatles. I don't know, the Beatles or yeah, something, something like, like that? like that. On September 26th, Elvis plays the iconic Mississippi-Alabama Fair in Tupelo. Mm-hmm. Why do we care? It's that extremely iconic video and picture of him, black shirt, black pants on a wooden stage. Doing where he, the dance. Right, and at the end he grabs his leg and moves it over oh, one yeah. more time. That's that concert. Yep. There you go. And at that concert, he walks home when it's over. He walks Th- home. That close. He's not quite enough of a star he's able to walk home when it's over and his house was close enough to the fairground close enough to the fairground and this is the one we're going to play october 10th tommy Steele is signed to decca in the uk i don't know who that is i didn't think you would tommy Steele was in many people's eyes the first british rock star The people in Britain looked around and went, well, if they have an Elvis, we have to find an Elvis. He's their Carl Perkins. He is their Carl Perkins. He is their Elvis. He is, we need to find a rock star. And what they did was find Tommy Steele. Tommy Steele. This is what the UK considered rock in 1956. Remember the name, Tommy Steele. Because this is what they thought it was. Like this on Rock School. Tommy Steele's still alive, isn't he? Yeah, he's 78. Yeah, he's walking the earth. Now, you said he was also in one of your favorite movies. He was in Finian's Rainbow. Really? Yeah, I got to go back and watch that again. You're going to force me to watch Finian's Rainbow? You've never watched it before. You're going to force me to watch Finian's Rainbow? Maybe around St. Patrick's Day, (laughs) Okay, fine enough. Here are some more things that happened in 1956. Elvis was on the Milton Berle Show and also the Ed Sullivan Show. Those were his famous uh, appearances on the show. Jerry Lee Lewis and his pumping piano, that's how he was credited on them, were uh, uh, recording in Sun Studios. His first two singles were End of the Road and Crazy Arms. On December 4th, I'll make you a bet you know this. As a matter of fact, you know it because I have an original pressing of it. It's framed. It's in my office. Elvis Presley, Jerry Lee Lewis, 
Carl Perkins and Johnny Cash record together at Sun Studios in Memphis. It's later given the name The Million Dollar Quartet by the editor of the Memphis Press Scimitar. His name is Robert Johnson, but nothing to do with the old blues musician. Right. What's interesting is Johnny Cash isn't on the whole LP. Mm-hmm. Johnny Cash is only on part of it. Why? Because his wife showed up and was really upset because Johnny was going to go Christmas shopping with her, and she kind of forced him to go Christmas shopping. Ah, oh, June. You would think Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash, right? Yeah. He would just tell his wife, go on, get lost. Not June Carter. No, 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 no. no. We're going shopping. WXZY Kane, Pennsylvania, and WYAP Clay, West Virginia. Both of you take the radio show and you put it on your airwaves, and I can't be happy enough for doing it. Get us on Facebook. Search Rock School Radio Show and like us. You really like us. We just may move up 10 years right after the break. We'll be back in a minute on Rock School. Okay, coming out of the break, I want to tell you I brought a single from the Million Dollar Quartet. Yeah, you're going to play it? Well, oftentimes I have to play an additional song to meet time at the end of the show. Right. If I do, I'll play it there. I'm concerned because we're doing the show... Uh, obviously, you know, in a live fashion, and I want to make sure I have time to get through the next two years okay. because I, I don't want to have to push it all into the next show. But if we need to play another song at the end, I'll play the Million Dollar Quartet back then. If you want to hear it, any every song is available. Just jump on YouTube and look it up, mm-hmm. and, and there they are. So let's go to 1966. This would be the 50th anniversary of all of these happenings. In January, Shindig is broadcast for the last time on ABC with musical guests, The Kinks and The Who. Used to be able to turn on the TV and there they were. The greatest of acts were just there because the hamster wheel, I guess, was bigger back then. On the 14th of January, young singer David Jones changes his name to Bowie to avoid being confused with Davy Jones of the Monkees. (laughs) Yeah, well, hey, good for him. March 4th, Beatles' John Lennon is quoted in the London newspaper, The Evening Standard, in a piece by Maureen Cleave called, How Does a Beatle Live? John Lennon Lives Like This. This is the famous quote that that stated, you know, we're more popular than Jesus. Uh The whole story behind it, and I have later on, what happens with it. But the whole story behind it was that in the Evening Standard, John Lennon makes a rather large statement and a quote, blink, is pulled out of it. And later in August of 1966, this teen magazine grabs it and puts it up on the front page, which is why a lot of Southern states went ballistic 
over now, it. You know the news media doesn't do things like that. Well, they did. Here's the entire quote directly from the uh, London Standard, the Evening Standard. Christianity will go. It will vanish and shrink. It needn't be argued. I'm right and I'll be proved right. We're more popular than Jesus now. I don't know which will go first, rock and roll or Christianity. Jesus was all right, but his disciples were thick and ordinary. That's his quote. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to take what was happening in London at the time. There was a downturn in belief, if you will. Right. You may listen to that and go, well, they had it perfectly right in the in the teen magazine. But that's the quote. Yep. That's the whole quote. He didn't just say we're more popular than Jesus and then run away. Right. That's the whole quote. And the one we're going to play on April 1st, 1966, you turned two years old. Yes, yes, I did. Yes, your birthday's April 1st. The Trogs recorded Wild Thing. Yes, I was. At Regent Sound Studios in London. It sounded like this on Rock School. There you go, Wild Thing. Thank you. Thank you you very much. Thank you very much. 50 years ago, 1966, in May, the Grateful Dead play for the first time at the Avalon Ballroom in San Francisco. Soon, they will occupy the famous address, 710 Ashbury Street, and will become the center of the new hippie movement. And people who don't even know who they are will have rainbow-colored dancing bears on the back of their automobiles. Hey, listen, what they did for the tie-dye industry was amazing. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Give them some credit. June 10th, Janis Joplin makes her debut with Big Brother and The Holding Company back in 1966. And then when we're going to play, July 18th, 1966, Bobby Fuller of The Bobby Fuller Four is found dead by his mother in her car outside of the apartment that the two of them are sharing. Okay, so what? So you think to yourself, well, drugs or suicide or something like that. Well, here's the thing. He is beaten beyond almost recognition and has ingested gasoline. Mm. Mm-hmm. He is known to have ties to mobsters. The police rule it a suicide. Oh, come on now. No, 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 no. He fought the law, and the law won. It's Bobby Fuller here on Rock School. Bobby Fuller 4, you're familiar, obviously, with the, the song American Pie. Yes. The line in the song and the jester on the sideline in a cast. Yeah. Do you know what that line means or what most people agree that it means? Bob Dylan, the jester, 
broke his leg. Right. And, and he was out of the music scene for a, a few months because of his broken leg. Exactly that. And people were attempting to sort of get out there while these, while the proclaimed by Don McLean, king of rock and roll, was out of the way. Well, it was back in 1966, on July 29th, Bob Dylan crashes his Triumph 55 motorcycle at Albert Grossman's home in Woodstock, New York. It's going to stay out of the spotlight for a full recovery. Obviously, Jester on the sideline in a cast. Remember earlier in 1966, I talked about the London Evening Standard interview with John Lennon? Yes. It will be August of this year that the little teeny bop magazine right. date book... Date, Date book. book. Okay. That's the name of the magazine. Comes out with a John Lennon quote, and it's just the quote, and they put it on the cover. <sighs> and people go bonkerlistic. And, you know. Well, at least it wasn't on the uh, the picture that you fold out of the center of the magazine and right. hang up on your wall. That right? would be bad. You know, big giant, you know, love and kisses John, issue. John, John, we're bigger than Jesus. Right. That wouldn't have looked good. <laughs> It was then August 11th that John holds a press conference in Chicago, Illinois, to apologize for his remarks. And he says, quote, I suppose if I had said television was more popular than Jesus, I would have gotten away with it. I'm sorry I opened my mouth. I'm not anti-God, anti-Christ, or anti-religions. I was not knocking it. I was just saying that. I'm not saying we're greater or better. If you've ever watched it, it's the most non-apologetic <laughs> apology press conference you've ever seen and you say this get it over with sure it's it's john lennon in all of his glory a dichotomy of a man mm -hmm. so give peace a chance it's john lennon on rock school two, one two three four <laughs> Once again, we are in 1966. That is the 50th anniversary of this brand new year, 2016. Everything I'm telling you is the 50th anniversary. So when it pops up on the news and somebody says, hey, it was 50 years ago today that John Lennon said we're more. Thank you. I know that already. Seen it. You now know the story. It okay. Was, it was better in 66, wasn't it, it? It was better in 66. Now it's just a footnote. September of 66, the Monkees debut on ABC television. I loved the Monkees. I know you did. Which one were you most in love with? Which one did you have up on the wall? Love and Kisses issue. Oh, oh gosh. Davey. Davey? Yeah. Lead and I was guy? like, you know, six feet taller than him. <laughs> <laughs> At birth. September 24th, our wedding anniversary. Mm. Ex-Animals bass player Chaz Chandler arrives in London with his new left-handed guitar protege, Jimi Hendrix, who he discovered playing at the Café Wa, which was in New York City, which is owned by the uncle of David Lee Roth. Uh, November 9th, John Lennon meets Yoko Ono when he attends a preview of her art exhibition at the Indica Gallery in London. The show was titled, just for yet more trivia, Unfinished Paintings and Objects. There you go. More stuff that you can cram into your brain. And the one we're going to end on and the one that will end the year, December 16th. It happens this quickly over in the UK. The Jimi Hendrix Experience releases their first single. This is where Jimi Hendrix comes into the world. 
Any idea what the first single was? Uh, I don't What's my know. name? What's my name? Oh. What's my name? Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Where are you going with that gun in hey, your hand? Hey, Joe. Sounds like this on Rock School. Coming into the second break, let's move up 10 years. Let's do it. 1976. 1976, everything I tell you in 1976 will be the 40th, 40th anniversary of this brand new year, 2016. In January of this year, it's announced that Bernie Leadon has left the Eagles and that ex-James Gang guitarist Joe Walsh will replace him. The album that soon follows is Hotel California. January also of that year, 19th to be exact, concert promoter Bill Sargent makes an offer of $30 million if the Beatles will reunite for one concert. Goodness. I do a lot of things for $30 million. Oh, well. It's sad how many things I would do for $30 million. That's understandable. February 22nd, former Supremes singer Florence Ballard is found dead of an apparent suicide. She recently lost a multi-million dollar suit against Motown and had been separated from her husband. Things just went downhill. Not good. Right. February 24th. Having been released one week before, the Eagles' Greatest Hits compilation becomes the first album in history to be certified platinum by the RIAA. The new platinum certification represents sales of at least 1 million copies for albums and 2 million copies for singles. That was fast. A lot of people believe it is the highest selling uh, album in the United States. It probably was at one time, and then Michael Jackson passed away, and Thriller overtook it. Worldwide, it isn't. But in the United States, it probably held the title for a while and then was overtaken again by Michael Jackson. March 13th, free guitarist Paul Kossoff dies in his sleep. Uh, on a flight from L.A. to New York of a pulmonary edema. And when we get back, we'll play one of the first songs from 1976. We have some people listening to us as I reach for my other piece of paper. W-O-U-B, Athens, Ohio. Thank you so much. K-S-K-Q, Ashland, Oregon. They also run the radio show. Thank you so much. Happy New Year, everybody. Back in a minute on Rock School. Coming out of the break, 1976. Everything I tell you is 40th anniversary of this year, 2016. On April 10th, Frampton Comes Alive is released. It will become, at that time, the most popular rock album ever and will sell a staggering 25 million copies. It will go diamond twice and a half. And the one we're going to play, yeah, the one we're going to play, April 23rd, this little place in New York City. CBGB, uh-huh. Country Bluegrass Blues, yep. CBGB and OMFUG, O-M-F-U-G, Other Music for Uninformed Gormandizers. I think that's what the OMFUG stands for. They have this little four-piece band. They're all called the Ramones, and they release their self 
self-titled debut album, and the world is introduced to this music. Yep. Punk. There's a, I mean, the Ramones go over to the Roundhouse in the UK, and out of it comes the Clash. Out of it comes the Sex Pistols. It's the Ramones on Rock School. Hey, little girl, I want to be your boyfriend. Last break here on Rock School, and I'm going to wrap up 1976 for you. And the last one, the one we're going to play a song for, I think is just like the coolest thing. Coolest thing. Okay. And, and I kind of wish I could have seen it for real. April 24th, Saturday Night Live producer Lorne Michaels makes a semi-serious on-air offer to pay the Beatles $3,000 to reunite live on the show. Yeah. By the way, in a 1980 interview, John Lennon stated that he and Paul McCartney were watching the show in New York City. Oh. And thought seriously about going down to the studios. Oh, wow. And saying, well, there's just two of us. Can you just give us $1,500 and we'll play a song? <gasps> Can you imagine? That would have been wonderful. August 9th, Epic Records releases what will become at the time, the highest-selling debut record, but has been since broken, Boston. October 2nd of that year, Joe Cocker performs Feeling All Right as himself and with John Belushi playing him on Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm. Uh, October 8th, the Sex Pistols are signed to EMI for a record £40,000 advance at the time. November 25th of that year, 76, the band gives its last public performance, Thanksgiving Day, at the Winterland Ballroom, San Francisco. It would have cost you $25 to get in. That's it. Martin Scorsese was on hand to film the whole thing. And the one we're going to end on, December 3rd, a Pink Floyd album cover shoot in South London goes bad. When a large inflatable pig balloon being used for the shoot breaks free and drifts out of sight. Somebody catches a picture of it flying over top of, I don't remember what the building's name was, but it's a giant electrical building. Uh It looks like a table turned upside down with the four things. Yeah. A drawing of it becomes the front of a Pink Floyd album. That happened in December of 1976. Spectacular. There you have it. When we come back next week, we will start with 1986 on the Cocktail Party Show. This is fun. Isn't it? I like it. I'm Joe Burns. You are? I'm Tammy Burns. Floyd on Rock School. That's it. Class is dismissed. Dismissed.